Sales development continues to grow in importance as a critical component of a successful go-to-market strategy. And with the explosion of new tools, technology, and processes, the sales development industry itself is thriving, as seen with the growth of the 10-bound sales development market map over at 10bound.com. On this podcast, we'll dive deep and go beyond sales development to think about the future of technology, processes, and tools in the industry with our host, noted futurist, author, and sales development practitioner, Justin Michael. Welcome to Beyond Sales Development. Tune in each week and be sure to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and turn on notifications to never miss an episode. And now, Beyond Sales Development with your host, Justin Michael. Welcome back to Beyond Sales Development. I am your intrepid host, Justin Michael, doing my best William Shatner impression. We have here the great inimitable Tony J. Hughes, who is the co-founder of Sales IQ. He is a best-selling author. He is a practitioner of sales. He's been in the field for a long time. He's run teams in Asia Pacific. He's one of the most influential B2B profiles uh, ever in LinkedIn for Asia Pacific and the world with 350,000 followers. He's done some amazing work with leadership books like The Joshua Principle and Combo Prospecting. And he has closed some of the largest deals as well in the region and trained thousands of sellers on really leadership principles to be amazing at enterprise sales and strategic selling. So a mentor of mine personally, who I'm co-writing a book with called Tech Powered Sales. And Tony, I want to just kind of let you talk about some of the nuances about what you're working on and anything I missed in your background, because you've had such an incredible career. <laughs> hey, thanks, Justin. But I've, I've got to ask right off the bat, is this the real Justin Michael or is this, is the, is this the Google Duplex AI version? No one will ever know. What I like to say is, if I were an AI, what do you think I would say? It probably looks pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, look, I certainly think so. It's pretty crazy that the technology came out years ago that could call a human being, and the human being didn't even know that it wasn't a real person talking to them, booking appointments. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's so true. So I want to open up a can of worms in a Pandora's box here and ask this question. What does it take to be successful in sales? Well, we're living in a very uncertain time still with global markets and pandemics. And there's a lot of like, let's hang on and see what we can do in these times. But if we're truly in a new normal, we all have to learn how to continue to sell and be successful. So you're someone who's sold across almost all the different eras of SaaS, you know, running sugar CRM and going up against Salesforce and giant deals, which I, we can learn a lot from you about that. That's why I sought you out. Please help us answer that question. Well, we're, we're obviously co-authoring the book, um, Tech Powered Sales. So, you know, people would maybe expect me to say the answer is technology. And uh, one thing we know about the future is that it will be filled with technology. And if you don't develop your TQ, you're certainly going to really struggle. But this may surprise everybody, but, you know, technology quotients, having good TQ, being able to use tech for automation in the role of being an SDR or self-generating your own opportunity pipeline will only work for you if you nail the fundamentals. It really is about blending old school and new school. And that's one of the things I'd loved, I've loved in co-authoring the new book with you is, you know, you're very much new school, 
I've been very much old school, but I've tried to be an old dog that's been able to learn new tricks. It was part of why I embraced social about seven years ago to get serious about personal brand and following. Really important for everybody listening to this, that you build a strong personal brand, you build a strong personal network. Because if you do that well, and then you're good at listening for the signs in social and using tech to help you, you'll never need to make a cold call ever again. And the paradox here is that cold calling, you know, doesn't work very well at all. And yet we all need to embrace the phone and get back on the phone. But what I might do, if you like, Justin, is talk about what I think the, the, the foundation is for sales success, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an SDR or whether you're an AE that's seeking to generate your own pipe. Maybe you're a manager of those roles and you're wondering, you know, how do I best drive people? What should be my ask as a leader of marketing of the executive team for sales to be set up for success? So let's strap in and I'll, I'll give you what I think the fundamentals are. So the first thing is product market fit. It just astounds me how many people pay lip service to product market fit, which feeds into knowing and having clarity about your ideal customer profile. So it's just incredibly important that you nail product market fit. If you don't solve a serious problem for somebody, now maybe that serious problem is actually helping them take advantage of a real opportunity that they've got. So we should never be purveyors of fear. So calling people up and even mentioning the word COVID, for example, I think just labels you as a seller and causes the person to switch off very quickly. So we don't want to be a, a fear monger, but you know, human beings are, are driven by fear and greed, you know, in essence. So they want to avoid pain. Um, they seek pleasure. They, they seek success. So it's really important you are not a vitamin tablet, that you're a headache pill and you solve a serious problem and you know who you solve that problem for. So the whole world is not a prospect. So just have absolute clarity about the size of the organizations you sell to, what their attributes are, and think about technographics, firmographics, and psychographics of an organization and document your ICP, your ideal customer profile, nail it. And if you're in selling and you're frustrated with the hopeless people in marketing, sending you rubbish MQLs that just waste your time as opposed to flood your pipeline, it's probably largely your own fault. You know, you're not briefing them well. So you as a seller are best connected to the market, understand the attributes of all your successful clients and your dream prospects, document that, share it with marketing and ask them to help you with collateral that you can use in the sales process with identifying real case studies that you can use to evidence the, com the conversations. Talk to your account management team with about those ideal customers that you've already got and ask them, you know, what happened in that customer organization that started them down the path that eventually led to us? Uh, what improved results have they achieved in, in working with us? Who in the organization was most impacted in positive ways and, and what did that really look like? Because at the end of the day, as we live in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution, where the bots are on the march, the superhuman foundational human trait that we all need to leverage is empathy and insight. Empathy and insight are key. So if you can have genuine empathy for a person in their role, insight about how they can improve their results. You can talk the language of leaders, dollars, percentages, those key metrics that they're measured by, and you can, you can evidence and provide proof that they regard as relevant. That's the key to breaking through, not automating spam. So that's really the first thing. What are your thoughts about that, Justin? 
Yeah, so you brought up some great points. I just like to take some notes here because I really want to point listeners at key elements here to kind of double click on. Some people listen to this thing over and over again. It was amazing. I went to the Connect and Sell website and I saw quotes from Combo Prospecting on the front of the site. <laughs> and so I hear your first statement of how the phone. So walk us through this because some people will hear you'll never make a cold call again. And then they'll hear you can't scale the phone. So how do you make a call warm and how do you scale the phone? There's paradoxes that live with superhuman tech stacks that can take you back to it. But just like you said, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't have a value narrative, you're just amplifying garbage. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's finish on, on combo prospecting because that is all about making the phone the center of the universe. Whether you're on the phone or whether you're driving text-based outbound, either emails, social, you know, whatever channels you're using, we need to nail ICP. Based on that, we then start to get a sense of who the buyer personas are, those roles to which we sell, the people to whom we sell. And if you sell, to, for example, to the, to the chief sales officer, then obviously you need to have a sense of the stresses they're under, the way they're measured in their role, the people that influence them. And we need to figure out a baseline narrative for why change, why now? So lead with why change, why now? Don't lead with why us. <laughs> when we get an inbound lead, the buyer is wanting to know, well, tell me why you're uniquely different. But answering that question when you're driving outbound, when they never asked it anyway, is a giant mistake. So don't lead with why we're uniquely different if you're creating outbound, you're creating a conversation. Lead with why you think they should change and why now. And if you create a baseline, what I call a value narrative, you know, basically a value prop. I don't, I don't like the term value props. It's all about us. You really want to start a conversation. You don't want to pitch. You're not throwing something at somebody. They want to duck and get out of the way. So think about your narrative, your conversation narrative, and it needs to be a double-edged benefit statement or a point of view about how they can improve results in their role. And that's the reason buyer personas are so important. So ICP, buyer personas, nail your narrative, a baseline narrative. And then on top of that baseline narrative, when you actually go to execute outbound now, whether this is designing custom sequences, you know, in a sales engagement platform, or whether you're manually just creating email that you're pushing out, or whether it's now time to pick up the phone and make the call, the key is to add personalization, but meaningful, relevant personalization. The world right now knows that the holy grail of, of outbound and automation is injecting personalization, but people botch the personalization incredibly. They just, they, they just mangle it. The amount of uh, outbound I receive, I've, right now as we speak, I've got nearly 20,000 unread emails in my inbox. I've lost track of the unread stuff that I've got sitting inside LinkedIn with about 350,000 at the moment, followers and direct connections. And I just get bombarded. I get people offering to generate leads for my plumbing business. I don't own a plumbing business, you know, for my dentistry. I'm not a dentist. You know, I get the most bizarre stuff. Hey, Tony, uh, I noticed that we both live in Sydney. You know, does it make sense to catch up for a coffee? I'm thinking, man, there's five and a half million, six million people live in Sydney. Why is that an attribute that would mean I should talk to you? So the whole issue of the whole issue of pragmatic research to inject personalization is key. A tech is increasingly going to play an insane role in being able to automate that eventually with AI in a way that works. Because what buyers expect from us is they expect us to already know them, even though we've never spoken to them. So when we drive outreach. It has to be hyper brief. It has to be personalized to show them that we know them. And we need to talk the language of leaders. We need to talk about their opportunity to improve results in their role. 
and outbound emails need to be three sentences, not three paragraphs. The header needs to be one to three words. It all needs to be about them. <laughs> so that's really the key. Even if you, if you use the sort of dating analogy, you know, if you go up to a stranger, you know, I'm, I'm past all of that now in my stage of life, but and happily married. But, you know, I, th I think back to dating, you know, you see people approach a stranger and they try to impress them, you know, by talking about themselves that just repulses people. I know, Justin, you talk about the thing of having sales breath and you're right. You know, if you're needy and desperate and pushing your message, it repulses people. So we need to be all about them. I think that's so profound. I was actually using Connect and Sell today with the company I advise. And it was- I love Chris Beal, by the way. What yeah. a legend. Great guy. It was so automagical. I was literally calling chief revenue officers in mass, like hundreds today. And I would get them on the phone. And oddly, they were nicer than sometimes some of the contacts you think it's going to be easier to connect with. Not a single one hung up on me. And they were all very helpful. It's really interesting where, where automation is going. So succeeding, what are the techniques that you're seeing now? Have you seen changes in the folks you're consulting? Obviously, there's a bunch of vertical industries that have turned off. How have you adjusted? And I'll give you some stats to back up this question. LinkedIn went from a top 40 website to a top 16. You think of Reddit's number four. I think Salesloft looked at millions of emails and saw like reply rates were down by double digit percentages, but the phone is back up. And maybe it's the wrong question because I think what the technology allows you to do, and one of the reasons I sought you out, is if you get this automation right, you're going to be seeing the whites of their eyes. You're going to be face to face like this. And then you're going to have to know like Miller Heim, you have to hold a conversation. There's nowhere to run. Like you're going to, you will have to talk to a person to sell them something. I'm sorry to admit this to you on, on this podcast. So I don't know where you want to take that. Uh, there's several threads, but you know, we're talking about success in sales. Is sales the same or is it really, are we forever in a new state here? Justin, for those listening to this, a lot of them may not know that, you know, you were actually the case study inside the book Combo Prospecting. And you, you didn't want me saying that at the time that we published the book. You just wanted to stay behind the scenes. But yeah, you know, you, you were the, the person and you've worked as the mechanical Turk, if you like, for, for different vendors, driving amazing things with technology, you know, with you beavering away in the background, doing all of the orchestration. And the thing that's really missing today in the whole tech stack, because the individual elements in the tech stack that anyone in sales can employ to drive their success is mind boggling. But the thing that's missing is the bot that can orchestrate the bots, you know, and that's one thing that DARPA, you know, the US military research arm, which just has amazing tech, you know, that it's building. It was actually interesting, just, just a few weeks ago, DARPA with their AI fighter pilot ran air to air combat against a real fighter pilot and won five zip. Right. So AI can already beat fighter pilots. And it was interesting. They forced the AI to stay within the conservative limits, not the extreme limits, the conservative limits of what a real pilot can cope with, with G's. Now, within 10 years, DARPA will have real AI fighter pilots up in the air and they'll be able to take aircraft to the full limits of the airframe design with G forces and real pilots will have no chance of winning on the other side, obviously. But the interesting thing is about DARPA is that they've got amazing bots in the field. You know, you imagine a hybrid dog horse with, with Gatling gun saddlebags that can run much faster than any human. Like it's amazing tech. It is like, and it's not science fiction. It's here today. 
the thing that DARPA are recognizing is what they need is, an, is, is someone managing all of the individual bots, right? The whole orchestration level. And that's what will end up happening in sales. So, you know, the sales and marketing wars are still here. There's still a huge level of, of passive aggressive tension in organizations. I see, it, I see it everywhere with the organizations I work with. Uh, but what's going to happen is RevOps, you know, is, um, is emerging as the new king of all of the fiefdoms that'll pull all of this together. So what's going to emerge with technology is, is this orchestration level. But right now, if you're an SDR listening to this, or if you're a leader of SDRs, that's your opportunity, you know, for you as the human to orchestrate all of these different elements. Because whether you're driving a vocal conversation with somebody or whether you're driving digital outbound, you know, as a precursor to you making that call or digital outbound to create inbound, the, the universal truth is you have to nail your narrative. You've got to have the right message, the right conversation. And what we know is that if it's too long, you botched it. If it's about you, you've got it wrong. If you're using sales speak, they're just going to go delete. Right. So it has to be hyper brief. It has to be language of leaders. It has to be all about them. And you as a human being, you need to inject your own quirkiness, you know, be, be truly human. You know, the, the thing is this new book that we're co-authoring, Justin has got amazing, amazing content. My fear is, you know, the world reads it and then everybody just does the same thing. <laughs> you know, they, they take the examples in the book and they just go cut paste. There's my automation. Then they'll sound like everybody else. Now, I remember Mary Lou Tyler years ago, you know, she's a phenomenal person and a great friend uh, in her book, Predictable Prospecting, she talks about a line, you know, with an email, you know, when you're in the sequences at some stage, you say, hey, you know, when people don't get back to me, I often find a, you know, they've fallen down into a hole and need a handout or they've been kidnapped by aliens. It's all very funny. But the problem is, if everyone starts doing that, it gets very old in about 90 seconds. And I see a lot of outbound going out from multiple companies. And it's got exactly the same frameworks of personalization. So it's a long way of saying you've got to nail your baseline value proposition and narrative and do hyper-effective targeting based on ICP and knowing your buyer personas. Then use automation for personalization. Right? So you need to automate the sequences in your sales engagement platform and pay a lot of attention to A-B testing to make sure that it's absolutely relevant and that it works for you. Yeah, those are all really stellar points. One thing that I've thought about recently is templatitis, right? Everyone just copies a template and puts it in because it's hard to write. Actually, writing is just concepts. And there's this thing I've pulled from computer programming called heuristics, which is this big, scary word. And all it means is like the meta, this term of like, you said something comedic. So you go comedic statement, and then you did a common connection. So rather than just saying, I see that we both know Tony and rotely copying and pasting it, you think of like, what is the concept of each building block of that email? So then we get to this next question. Are we finally ready for salespeople to write? I mean, they talk, they persuade. Scott Lee thinks that this is the writing generation, 2020s. The, the best writers are going to be the best sellers. They're the ones programming the sequencer. What do you think? Well, your question was, are they, are they finally ready? The really depressing thing, and there's a lot, a lot of people are going to get very angry with me for saying this, but I, I think the huge <laughs> blind spot in professional selling is that most people can't write. And in a digital world, if you can't write, you can't be successful. You know, this whole thing of I've got, I've got the gift of the gab, I'm great at building relationships. None of your buyers that don't know you yet, none of them care about that. All of the people that you need to get to that you've never met, 
there's not one of them that's lonely and bored and looking for a new friend. They don't lie awake at night thinking, gee, you know, I've got a pretty slow day tomorrow. I hope, hope a couple of sellers call me up and tell me about the joys and wonder of, wonders of their solution. Right? They're busy, they're stressed. In the Great Recession, which is what we're in right now, and it's not going to go away quickly, you know, governments are throwing a lot of money at trying to stimulate the economy and keep things going. As sure as day follows night, what that will result in is, is austerity measures. There's just insane levels of debt being racked up. So, so commercial acumen, as well as TQ, re really are the table stakes to be successful. And the thing is, if you can't write, because we live in a digital world, you, you'll have to write good sequences. I, I never advocate that anybody phone up a prospect and read a script. But if you can't script out what you think you're going to say and, and get it to make sense, you've got no chance of just winging it you know, each time you call somebody. And, and Justin, you're right. Increasingly, we're going to be using written automation. So the sales engagement platforms with sequences, engaging in social, sending text messages, Twitter direct messages, emails. We're going to use that as, in essence, the air cover, you know, or the artillery from behind that's, that's softening up the battlefield for us for us as the ground troops to then get in and, and drive all of the hand-to-hand the -hand combat. Now, you know, I know our prospects shouldn't be a victim. I know when I wrote Combo, there's all, the, the, all of the boxing metaphors. We're not trying to beat up our prospect, but we do need to beat the apathy out of them. We need to beat the living apathy out of our prospect. Unless they uh, agree with us, because we're successful in co-creating a vision for a better future state, unless they agree there's a, a better future state to be had, and that there's a strong, compelling business case, commercial value for change that underpins pursuing that future state. Because at the end of the day, change is a whole lot of work and risk. Unless we can do that well, we're not going to get a meaningful sale. We'll invest a whole lot of time and it'll just lose its momentum because they need to get consensus inside their organization. So to answer your question, salespeople have always needed to write. Very few can do it. And if you're committed to being successful as a seller in, in, the, in the new world, the age of the machines, you have to be able to write. You need strong commercial acumen and domain knowledge about the verticals and the roles of the people that you're selling into. And you need TQ to be able to use automation to drive the level of activity that's essential for success. That's such a good point. A couple of themes keep emerging over the years. One is people are scared that AI is going to take their jobs. And the second theme is, wow, AI is going to replace SDRs. And you, I've read tons of your essays about this. <laughs> I've collaborated with you on certain material around this. And now we're starting to see enough investment play out. Where Can you answer those two questions as we kind of get to the, the back end of this episode? We're talking about should, be, should XDRs listening to this podcast be afraid of their job, going away to the AI overlord? And is the tech going to get good enough, fast enough to totally chop off the top of the funnel? Like, what is the Tony J. Hughes thesis on these two items? Okay, so every human being on the face of the planet should be worried about AI and automation taking their job. It's, it's already happened in agriculture, in heavy industry. It's happening, or it's not happening, it's already happened in professional services. If you look at law, you know, a lot of lawyers used to do research for precedent, you know, to provide advice to clients about the probability of winning a case or not. 
um, bots go and do that. If you think about mergers and acquisitions and you've got to, you've got to go and look at all of the contracts and do all of the due diligence. Now they just feed all the documents into scanners and AI automatically goes through and identifies all of the risks in milliseconds. There's been thousands and thousands, millions of, of people lose their jobs in accounting, in law, in lots of professions. If you think of, of flying, you know, there's only one aircraft left in the world that has a third person inside the cockpit. It's the A380, you know, that actually has a flight engineer. There are no flight engineers in, in any other aircraft anymore. Those people lost their jobs. You know, so, but what happens is human beings think right now, well, if, if I'm in a role that has high levels of empathy, I'm a school teacher or I'm a seller, you know, it's all about interacting with people, I'm okay. Let me tell you, you're not okay, right? We're absolutely not okay. Right now, human beings are teaching AI through machine learning, right? So we do guided ML for AI to learn. There'll come a day when the computers are teaching human beings. It'll actually be the other way. You know, I'll be an old granddad saying to my grandchildren, you know, I remember the day when we used to teach the computers, you know, now, now they teach us. So, so here's the reality. Yes, you should be worried. Anything that's a repeatable task can be automated. So 70%, and you and I've talked a lot about this, it's in the book, Justin. You know, these are, these are your views as well as mine, I know. So 70% of what salespeople do can be automated. The other 30% is truly human. And the, all of us need to look ourselves in the mirror and, and ask ourselves, how much of what we do today is that 70% that's automatable? And how do, I, how do I outsource that to the bots and then focus on the truly human pieces of creativity? So, you know, empathy, insight, creativity, building emotional connection with people. They're the things that make a difference. But SDRs today spend way too much time doing repeatable automated tasks, you know, slaving away, building sequences with rubbish words that they're piling into this thing and hopeless personalization. So figure out how to nail that, right? But get back on the phone, get back on the phone. So many people have stopped calling and that's the thing that the bots can't do with real human empathy. A, a computer right now, is, is computers have passed the Turing test online. They've passed the Turing test vocally. They can phone a person and the person does not know it's a computer. It's amazing. You know, and that, that happened about three years ago that they passed the Turing test there. Eventually it'll pass the Turing test on a Zoom call, but focus on the human elements is really the key. Genuine empathy. Yep. So that's awesome. And then the last question is really you know, it's a double edge. It's, will it happen? Well, startups literally not need SDRs because the software is that good. Should it happen? Right. So it's kind of a would and should, because especially startups uh, who have hyper growth and can kind of afford all the widgets and bells and whistles. Can you conceive of a time where a product led org just says, I'm just going to let software do it. We do it for marketing. We get Marketo or Pardot or one of these HubSpot systems and, you know, tiny little team of marketers can they can go after 10,000 people in unique drip score ways and do all that. So it's funny. I feel like sales is learning from marketing how to specialize, but what are your thoughts on this last one of, of XDR X Machina, which is my, another podcast yeah. I do for fun where it's like Blade Runner, you know, I'm walking around like, like, I, <laughs> and, and Justin, I got to tell you, everybody listening to this has got to go and listen to XDR X Machina. I listened to the very first episode and I was laughing my head off. Uh, I was actually driving along, smiling and laughing. It sounds very dystopian, uh, it's, but, it, but they're incredible comments that you make. So, so the two questions are, is it possible? And then is it right, I guess? So the first answer is, uh, is it possible today to fully automate the top of funnel? No, 
will it be possible within 10 years? Absolutely, without a doubt, yes. I've invested in and I'm on the advisory board uh, of a startup and they're a startup in the SDR stack, right? That's highly relevant. I won't say who the company is, but the CEO is personally committed to doing exactly what you've just said, right? He, he wants the whole top of funnel automated. Now, this company hasn't done it, but I've seen other companies that have created digital humans, you know, swimming around inside LinkedIn, which LinkedIn hates. And if they catch them, you know, they, they, they ban them, right? So they're always trying to, to gate it. And I think there's a big ethical issue with AI masquerading as a real human being to a prospect. And you and I are on the same page here. We think eventually governments are going to enforce a warning label on AI. You know, they, they're going to make companies warn people that this is not really a human. So, you know, it won't just be about make it easy to, to get on the do not call list, right? It'll say, you've got, to, you've got to warn people this is not really a human. But what I think will happen is people will fully automate the, the very top of top of funnel. So they'll do outbound that creates inbound. They'll then have AI chatbots that start to gate, you know, the initial outbound and it'll hand off seamlessly to real human beings. So I think, so here's the punchline. I think one third of B2B salespeople are going to be gone in the next 10 years. Most of those roles will disappear from expensive field AE roles. So if you're at an expensive field AE that's listening to this, you had better get good at feeding yourself or become your own SDR, be good at creating your own opportunity pipeline. Most field AEs have to go and find anywhere from 60% to 90% of their quota themselves. Marketing and inside sales don't provide enough. So feed yourself, but a lot of roles will disappear from expensive, so lunch a lot, field AE roles. And then the other roles that will disappear are the things that are just automatable. So, you know, if you're an SDR, but you're at the bottom end of just doing data wrangling, well, automation will sort out the, the data wrangling a lot better. If you're just monitoring for trigger events, there's great technology that can identify for trigger events that can use headless browsers to, to sniff for technographics, to, identify, to automate the identification of ICP to provide the context for the real callers. So just keep moving up the value chain. Think, do I provide the level of value that funds me in my role? And am I focused on the truly human elements that create the real differentiation in the sale? And the, and the top of top of funnel will be increasingly automated. What an amazing episode. Just to close here, I love to ask people, what is one quote or one inspiration that kind of powers you? Could be anything. If I was going to give one piece of advice for my entire career that I've had in yeah. sales, it's been, it's been 35 years. Probably the biggest thing I learned was it's not all about me. It's not all about me and my product and me making my sale and making quota and making president's club and, and going on the trip to Hawaii. It's not about that. It's all about me making a positive difference in the, in the lives of my customers, helping them achieve a far better state of affairs. And if, if that's your intent, because selling is about a couple of things. It's about, being a true believer, you need to believe in the value of what you sell. Otherwise, what you're doing is not ethical. And then you need to believe in the value that you can provide in a conversation, you know, well in advance of them becoming a client. But you need to be all about making a positive difference in their life, not about making a sale for yourself. And that's, that's the ethos that you take into discovery and qualification. Hey, I'm just trying to understand whether this is the right thing for you. If you were to invest in this area with anybody, even if it wasn't our company, what would be the better results that you would expect? 
you know, where do you see the risks? What does the business case look like? Because unless there's a strong business case here, there's a danger you'll be wasting your time. It'll just get rejected when you push this upline. Let me work with you to co-create the business case to get the rest of the executive team on site. So if, if that's your ethos, that's the intent that you project, you'll absolutely be hugely successful. Amazing quote. Last second here. Where can people find you or what you're working on right now? Your website, you know, your social presence, where do you point them out when they hear this episode to learn more? So everybody listening to this should absolutely connect to you. So connect yourself to Justin Michael. You put out amazing content. Also connect to me. So just search for Tony Hughes inside LinkedIn. If you'd like to work with my, with my principles, obviously buy the book Combo Prospecting. The other thing you can do is go to sales IQ Global salesiqglobal.com. Everything I know about how to build sales pipeline has been put into a course, a create pipeline course. So you'll learn about combo prospecting, this thing of, of, of pattern interrupting. You'll learn about ICP, buyer personas, how to set your own goals, reverse engineer your own metrics. Uh, you'll learn about cadence and sequences and personalization, objections, qualification, all of those things are there. And Justin, thanks for having me on the Tim Bound podcast. It's, it's, been, it's been a riot. Thanks, Tony. We'll have you on again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy.